Hey everybody, welcome to episode 172 of 15 with Randy, Marlene, Ellie, Connie, Pat, Stanley, Kathy, and Maria. As sometimes happens here at the podcast, work schedules, travel itineraries, hospital visits, and pretty much everything in between can get in the way of getting even just the three of us, Andy, Randy, and Jeff, into the same room at the same church at the same time on the same day on pretty much the same week, 52 weeks out of the year. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. This is one of those weeks, but I want to say that it worked out exactly as it should. But more on that in a moment. As always, before we begin, last week we took a different look at the Beatitudes of revenge, loving our neighbors, how we treat those, through the lens of belonging to the family business, a message by Dr. Ernie Bercy, where we were reminded that the greatest opportunities for expanding marketing share often come disguised as disasters. How we respond to anger, threats, injustices, insults, unfair use of force, etc. can be the most persuasive moments. The things that we are sure are going to end horribly, going to totally not end the way we think they should or how God should have allowed them to end, are going to be bad. But sometimes those can be our most persuasive moments as Christians. You can find that and our previous 177 episodes at hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. Of course, on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spreaker, and of course, last but not least, Spotify. So for all of you that like listen to music, you're streaming all day long, take a break Take us along for lunch. It's usually 15 or 20 minutes, and you can grab the podcast every episode, every late, late Tuesday, early Wednesday morning. They're always there, and that way you don't have to load a new app. You don't have to go to a website. It's right there, Spotify. Check it out. All right, on to this week. This was week two of the texts we love to misuse, and it was talking about Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, that depends upon the wording of the version you might prefer to read it in, but that is one of the texts we love to misuse. This was a message by Jeff Sinkamani this past week, September 14th, and in the opening paragraph of the message synopsis, it says, this is the quintessential pep talk message. It is most often used to pump up a spirit of achievement and even pride, like the little engines I think I can. And so we kind of considered what that looks like and how, as Christians, we have probably many times, far too often, let's just go there, misused this text to make it mean something that it doesn't mean or that it wasn't intended for us to use it as. So when I saw this verse for this week and listening to the message, I really thought about doing something a bit different than usual this week. And then, of course, once I knew that it was going to be impossible for the three of us to be together to tape the episode as normal, I decided that it would be so. I wanted to ask people how they viewed this verse and how we as Christians have misused this text. And no one that I asked had seen the message, so I'm hoping their answers will help pull together the theme of this message, this text in scripture as it relates to the chapter that it's in and the meaning that Paul was going for, and help us all to plant our faith and trust in God and receive his grace to be in just to be content in all circumstances. First 
person I spoke with this morning was Marlene Rivera, a longtime friend and member of the Forest Lake Church here in the Orlando area. This was a completely unrelated task that brought her to the office where I work, and an absolute surprise meeting between old friends ensued. She didn't know it's where I worked. I didn't know she was coming. And I thought, what better opportunity, since we're going to do this different format this week, than to ask her a question that she didn't know was coming. Here's what she had to say. I am with Marlene Rivera, and she is a member at the Forest Lake Seventh-day Adventist Church. Longtime friend, longtime deeperite for those of you in the know, like from a way, way back. And so she is going to be one of the answers to today's question because we're going to do things a little bit differently. So, Marlene, when you think of the text that says... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. What does that text mean to you? And how do you think Jesus meant that to be applied to us? Um, let's see. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, I think that means I can do for me. I feel like I can do anything and get through anything. As long as, I don't know, I feel like as long as I'm in sync with God and my relationship with him, meaning through him, he will continuously give me strength. I, I don't necessarily know if that means like, what if you're not in a good relationship with God? What, is you, what if you don't have a good connection? Is he still strengthening you? Or does that mean as long as you're in sync with him, he's going to give you strength, you know, to go through what it is you're going through. And maybe that's what it means because he does want you to seek him. He wants us to seek him to like, come on into my heart. Okay. You know, I will strengthen you. So it's actually interesting. Something to think about. Well, there you go. Now we'll invite you to watch this past week's message at hospitalchurch.org slash sermon. <laughs> and then you can find out the answer to the question. No, I'm just kidding. You, you did, you did great because okay. that's exactly like, well, when I'm close with God and my relationship is good. Yeah. 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 yeah I feel real good about it. And I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. But yeah. what if? What if? There you go. So Marlene you. Rivera, thank Yay. you for joining us. All right. All right. I always appreciate an honest answer. And when questions come up in the moment, it's always great to get those captured because sometimes in the moment we don't have it all figured out. We know we're going to have to go back. We're going to have to do a little reading, going to have to do a little studying and hopefully do a little praying. Make sure that we are in that relationship with God as we want it to be and that we are understanding and that we're applying things appropriately. So thanks, Marlene, for that. It was great to catch up. Next, we move on to my Ellie, a 13-year-old in all the right ways and a heart for Jesus and her Bible. A lunch date with just the two of us that didn't go quite as planned was the perfect time to spring these questions on her. She ended up coming to more conclusions at the end of the day before she went to bed tonight. But here were her observations over lunch at a local eatery here today. Philippians 4.13 is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, so the question is, with, and you did not hear the message from Pastor Jeff this week, correct? Uh, I think I heard parts of it, but I didn't hear the entire thing. Teenagers not paying attention at church. Big surprise. 
Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Now, here's the question. So, what do you think that that verse means to you? And how do you think it was intended? When Paul saying those things, what were we supposed to learn from that statement? What does the verse mean to you? And what do you think it was intended to mean so that we can apply it to our lives? Well, it means to me that Christ will help us get through hard times. He will strengthen us, but we have to trust him. And it's not like, oh, I quote this verse and then I'm going to be able to do a backflip off a diving board. That you have to practice. But I think it means for us today that we're going we're gonna to face hard things in school, in life, in everything. So knowing that Christ will help us is an added assurance. So how do you know, though, that Christ is going to help you? Is it just because the verse says so? Or is there something more? Well, that's a very interesting question. Well, how do you know that if you ask me to do something for you, how do you know that I'm going to do something for you if you need help? Because I know you. I spend time with you. Um, Oh, oh, so what can you pull from that then and apply it to the verse? That I can pull from that saying if we spend time with Christ then we know we have more faith, more trust in him, that he's going to help us. And if you cross-reference different verses in the Bible, you have a bigger picture. Excellent. Proud dad moment right now. I love how she came to the realization also in that last little bit that, you know, there are other verses in the Bible that corroborate what Jesus is, who God is, how he loves us, how he treats us, what he wants for us. And it's always the good and the best that he wants for us. And the fact that she realized that and put that together with this verse to kind of help us understand that it's not just one verse, but we have to do a a collective look at God before we start making any snap judgments. Really good sage advice from a 13 year old. All right, moving on, I asked my Aunt Connie Schneider. She's also a member here at the Florida Hospital Church. They're currently on vacation, and she was willing to take a little time to answer the question from California while riding in the car. So there's a little bit of car noise in this clip. She answered the question in part by telling a really cool story and then took it one step further by asking another question about using this text or maybe any text that we would tend to misuse and and combining that in prayer. And by doing so, would it be possible to misuse a sacred plea to God if he's the one judging your heart? Interesting. I'll let you take a listen now. Hi, Randy. This is Connie responding to your question about Philippians 4.13 and how we misuse that text as Christians. It's my understanding that Paul wrote that when he was in prison and he used that text to show that he could endure his trials because he had faith in Christ, that Christ would give him the strength to endure with grace without anxiety and fear. I suppose Christians 
do misuse the text or can misuse it to claim promises for selfish reasons, uh, maybe seeking divine favor in personal pursuits. I thought about that, and I guess I've been guilty of that. When my nephews and Lester were running the Ironman in Chattanooga a couple years ago, uh, Kelly uh, had finished the four-mile swim, the 112-mile bike ride, and he was coming out of the gate facing a 26-mile run. We had met him halfway through on the bike ride, and he was not doing well. He was sick, he was nauseous, and he just wasn't sure he was going to be able to finish this 140 mile race or whatever it was and when he came out of that gate Aunt Rhonda and I were sitting there waiting for him and we quoted Philippians 4.13 to him and prayed with him we told him we were going to pray him through that 26 mile run uh, to finish the race that he had trained so hard for was that misusing the scripture no I don't think so I think that was a child asking his father to honor our plea for strength to complete the race and believing that we are a dependent ch child of God that God would hear and he did Kelly came in uh, close to midnight after starting at 6 a.m. and the interesting thing was he had really slowed down a bit on the walk and was helping other people who were experiencing their first Iron Man and really running out of steam. So Kelly had actually slowed down when he came in. He was with a group of people um, that finished the race successfully for the first time and Kelly was there with them and I thought that was a beautiful thing. I guess to me the beauty of using scripture and prayer is that it's a personal dialogue between me and Jesus. Prayer is a private thing. It's me talking to Jesus. He knows my heart. He knows my motives, my needs. I know that he loves to hear from me, and I'm certain that he is not judging me and praying the scripture back to him. So, there you have it. Can we misuse Philippians 4.13? If you're a child of God who loves him and he loves you and you have a relationship with him, can you misuse it in prayer? I'm not sure. I like the fact that she added the prayer angle because I think that when it comes right down to this question on this text or any other text for that matter or anything that we struggle to understand sometimes or that we struggle with using improperly and using God's name and attaching it to it, prayer is always the key. So, you know, can you ever go wrong with prayer? And so I really appreciated that perspective and be something that I'll need to think about and see how I feel about it. Maybe you will too. All right. Now, of course, when you have a question and you need an answer quick, you call your mom, right? I did and asked her to send me a message and she kept her answers short and sweet and sounds like maybe she's second guessing her original thought about it. Here she is. I have always thought that this verse meant that there's Nothing I can't accomplish because Christ will strengthen me. But looking at verses 11 and 12, that really isn't what verse 13 is about. Isn't Paul saying that no matter what situation he finds himself in, pleasant or unpleasant, God will give him the strength to come through it? 
Yep. I think you're onto something there. And I love the fact that when we think about these verses, this is one that most people, maybe even if you're not a Christian, you probably have heard somebody say this. It almost seems like it's part of normal lexicon. I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me. And I think sometimes we just take those very glibly and say, I've got that all figured out. I know what that means. I know how it applies to me. I maybe have even read the texts around it or the whole chapter to get a little context. And then again, maybe not. Sometimes we don't. We just hear those verses. And it's like, well, I guess I don't have to go over there. I already know that one. It seems pretty obvious what it means. So I love the fact that when we stopped and take a little time and we look at this whole thing in context, that certain things are brought out to us. And even if it's not a major aha moment, it's another moment where we can feel God leading and saying, yeah, this is what I want you to get out of this. This is what I want you to feel about this. It's how I want you to interact with others. It's what I want from you. And that's a pretty cool thing when you get to feel that. So thanks, mom. Love you. All right. After that, Connie decided that when she was done, why not include her sister, Kathy, from Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin? Have you noticed a Midwest theme here? Yeah. A lot of us are transplants and family still lives abroad, up north, all those things. She wasn't sure that her answer was profound, but Kathy, I think your approach is spot on. What do you think? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I believe that is true. But I believe it is true when we live within God's will. I suppose you could use that verse to do some pretty foolish things, thinking that you were getting strength from God. But I don't believe that's what it's saying. If I'm living within his will and seeking to do what he wants me to do, then I have his strength with me. And I know at times when I have been frightened or afraid that things are not going to go the way they should, that I rely on God. I talk to him all the time, and I do believe that he gives me strength. But I do believe it's because I'm living within his will. I'm seeking to do what he wants me to do. I'm living for him because I love him, and I know that he loves me. I know that's not a very profound answer, but that's my answer, Randy. Thank you. Kathy, you had me at rely on God. When things go wrong, things don't go the way we think they should or the way we think God should think they should, which I don't know. Guilty is charged here. But I think that when we take that attitude, I think we are absolutely on the right path. So I got back from lunch and my next victim, or I mean my next willing participant, hey, I see him every day at the office and he was there, Stanley Palminowski, asking him the same question. And Stanley took a look at and described how he has seen some of these texts, most specifically this one, how he's seen this being misused by Christians. And I liked his answer because I think we always need to be aware of those around us that we can help counsel and taking a look inside to make sure we're not the person that is doing something that may inadvertently seem okay or just something that doesn't pull an immediate trigger of, oh, shouldn't be doing that. And making sure that we're always aware of how we're using God's word and attaching his name to it. Here's what Stanley had to say. 
This week, Stanley, you did not hear the message, correct? That is correct. I missed church. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Missed church. But that's good. He's glad that he missed church because the question is, Paul's talking in Philippians 4.13, how are we supposed to use the advice and use the knowledge that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Uh, yes, of course, Philippians 4.13. I, I knew that, right? Um, but I always take that verse as really encouraging and that not necessarily that I can literally do anything as in like, oh, I suddenly have superpowers through Christ who strengthens me. It's like, no, it's like I can get through anything. I can through through prayer and through knowing God, I can accomplish goals. I can go through hardships. Uh, that's how I usually take it. So do you know what the name of the series is that we are currently speaking on? Are we still doing um, kindness or did we move forward? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we moved forward. The name of this series is Texts We Like to Misuse. Texts We Like to Misuse. Okay. So given... Yes, all right. All right. I remember that being previewed. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So given that, then how do you see from your perspective, Christians, how we have or how you may have seen it being misused by Christians in the past, this particular passage? Oh, boy. Um I hope to still be considered a Christian maybe after saying some of these things. But the, uh, I think the biggest misuse would be to justify progress in something that maybe God isn't with you on is probably the biggest misuse of it. And a lot of times that is used through, uh, oh, I'm being persecuted for my beliefs when and a lot of times people are actually the persecutors. I guess that's where I think it can be really misused. Excellent. See, you don't have to always make it to church to be up on what is the latest message. And I think we hit that one square on the head. Uh, does that mean I don't have to go to church anymore? No, no. Using it to justify an action or progress or on something that God isn't with you on, that's a little scary. To think that sometimes we feel we might be right, we don't want to be wrong, we want to make sure our side is heard, and that, you know, no one likes to be wrong. Everyone wants to be on the winning side. But to make sure that the side you're on is what God is on and what God stands for and what God is uplifting, and to make sure that we aren't in opposite of that. Good advice. Good advice, Stanley. All right. And finally, a proud uncle moment. I was thinking, who could I send this to looking for another younger person? So I sent a text to my niece, Maria McGray, who is currently at Andrews University and my absolute favorite insight of the day. An amazing answer from an amazing girl. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert, the secret to happiness is revealed. I think that we as Christians take Philippians 4.13 literally. In the sense that I think a lot of people think that as long as they have Jesus or ask for his strength, they can accomplish any task. I think it's true that Jesus can and will help us in our problems, but I don't think that's what this verse is necessarily saying. If you read the context or the verses prior to this one, you see that Paul is talking about how he knows what it's like to be in need or what it's like to have plenty to be or to be hungry or well fed. 
and that he was happy and content through it all. Basically, he went through good and bad situations, and here's how he ends that explanation. He gives the answer or the recipe to his happiness and his joy. No matter what he has or where he is or what he's going through, he can go through it because Jesus is right there with him, giving him the strength that he needs. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means that Paul is able to cope with every situation. He could do it all because Jesus was right there beside him, giving him the strength. It didn't matter if he had a lot of food to eat or no food to eat, if he was in a beautiful place or a terrible place. Jesus was with him, and that's all he needed. So to me personally, this means that I can cope with every situation. There's no need or reason to be down on myself when Jesus is giving me strength. It reminds me to put the focus on Him and to do all things with Him because He is my source of joy and my contentment and my strength. This verse gives a secret to happiness, giving it all to Jesus and doing everything with Him. Giving all things to Jesus and doing everything with Him. Whew. And on that note, great job, Maria. Proud of you. Loved, loved, loved the answer. So I hope these unfiltered answers from people, some of whom you may have met, others you probably haven't, but I hope that they have solidified your understanding of this often misused text, or maybe it's created new questions to ponder and pray over. I enjoyed each answer and will likely be thinking about these for days to come. I hope you are too, and I hope the Holy Spirit has already started working on those answers and the questions and combined with the message to bring more awareness and a better understanding of what God is looking for from us and this power that he wants us to come alongside of him and that he can sustain us. All right. This week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, happiness is found from within. Take a moment and list five things that make you truly happy. What do you see that is a common thread running through them, if any? All right, who doesn't enjoy being happy? And we just learned the secret to happiness. But how often do we do this as this takeaway asks and take a moment, a literal moment, moments, minutes, and physically list things that truly make us happy? happy. Moving past the superficial and first things that may pop into my head like coffee, ice cream, my Harley. Uh, Wait a minute. What was the question again? Yeah, right. Look for the common threads, pray for clarity and find out where God has happiness for you and how you can do all things through Christ alongside of him as he sustains you. If you would like to share your thoughts on I Can Do All Things, or if you have a response to one of the answers that were given, something about the message this past week, if you'd like to share those, leave a voicemail or send a text to 407-965-1607 or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Our final thoughts are from Jeff's message and putting a modern paraphrase on Christ's view of what contentment actually is from Paul's writing here. He said, peace is mine, whether I have a little or a lot, because I have my creator God constantly making me whole. Now, we heard a lot of great answers this week and from my family and my friends. And the simple sentence is a summation and takeaway that if always at the ready, guiding our contentment would have the world asking for our secret. Why are you so content? Why are you so happy? 
Why are you so nice? <laughs> All things that come with being content. All right, let's see. What text are we misusing this upcoming week? Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, if you caught our summer series and our conversation with Carla and Daniel Monier, you will remember discussing this text and how to handle the plans he has for us particularly when those plans don't work out as we hoped or think they should. If you want to check that out, it's one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done here and one of the most impactful. Not that it will have anything necessarily to do with the subject matter this week. It's just that it's sharing a text and it might give you a different perspective on it. If you want to check that out, look for episode 163.5. It's entitled God is Our Hope, part two. You can find that at hospitalchurch.org slash podcast or Apple, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, or Spotify. That's going to do it for this week. A big thank you to Jeff for a great message and for sharing a really, really unique family story that will absolutely touch your heart. If you haven't heard it already, check it out, hospitalchurch.org, and look for sermons and archives on the upper left, and it will take you there so you can watch the note. And the link is always in today's is the link as always easy for me to say is in today's show notes swipe up and you're already there thank you to each of those that were willing to answer unknown questions on the spot and for those that took the time while on vacation traveling in the car finding a quiet place on campus to send me a quick audio note i really appreciate your insights as always do join us again next wednesday for episode 173 thanks for listening and have a great week